0: Here it is!
1: From deep inside your audio device of choice. Perhaps you will remember way back, oh, three, four weeks ago, I mean way back, when Sean Spicer, about whom there'll be more, of course, later in this broadcast, Sean, Hitler didn't use poison gas, Spicer, uh, had opined from the lectern not the podium the lectern of the white house press secretary's office that uh, britain's top security uh, eavesdropping facility gchq had been tasked by uh, president former president obama to um, gather info on trump administration transition officials and you may remember that the language gchq used in its very Unusual, very rare public response was quote nonsense and quote ridiculous. Nonsense was repeated by the NSA in its uh, reply to the Spicer allegation. Tom? The allegation? Mm-hmm. Later on that uh, the same day. I pointed out at the time, you may recall this probably not. That intelligence agencies pay attention to words. We're told these days, words matter. Sometimes they do. Of course, these days, the uh, journalistic fraternity develops the strangest little holes in its uh, skepticism structure. So when President Trump bombed Syria, Almost all opinion was favorable. So, there was, you know, the skepticism just skedaddled, went down the old toity hole. Anyway, back to intelligence. Tom? Intelligence. Mm-hmm. This week, Sir Richard Dearlove gave an interview to Prospect Magazine. I have no idea what Prospect Magazine is, but Sir Richard Dearlove uh, was familiar to me because he was the author of, remember this? Kids, from way back when the Downing Street memo, he was uh, head of MI six, the British equivalent of the NSA, and he was asked about the Sean Spicer comments about GCHQ, and this is what he said: "Quote: This is deep. Si- this is simply deeply embarrassing for Trump and the administration. That is the only possible explanation is that Trump started tweeting without understanding how the NSA GCHQ relationship." Actually works, unquote. Note that, like GCHQ and the NSA earlier, Sir Richard Dearlove disdains the use of the words untrue or falsehood. It's called deniability. Hello, welcome to the show.
2: Have lunch real soon Your luggage is checked through We've got inflation licked I'll get right back to you It's just a standard form Tomorrow without fail Pleased to meet you Thanks a lot Your check is in the mail Marooned, marooned, marooned In a blizzard of lies Marooned, marooned, marooned In a blizzard of lies And knees Not all you'll freeze When you're in it Up to your thighs It looks like snow But you never know When you're marooned In a blizzard of lies You may have won a prize Won't wrinkle, shrink, or peel Your secret's safe with me This is a real good deal finger licking good strictly by the book what's fair is fair i'll be right there i am not a crook maroon 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 in a blizzard of lies maroon 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 in a blizzard of lies better watch your step when your old dog shep can't even look you in the eyes You're cool. Your you're double cross When you're marooned in a blizzard of lies We'll send someone right out Now this won't hurt a bit He's in a meeting now The coat's a perfect fit Strictly fresh today service with a smile. I love you darling till I die. We'll keep your name on file. Maroon, maroon, maroon in a blizzard of lies. Maroon, maroon, maroon in a blizzard of lies. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart and you're in for a big surprise when you're maroon Maroon, maroon, in a blizzard of lies. A blizzard of lies.
1: From the home of the homeless, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this very, very special edition of the show, where words really do matter, and we'll be focusing on one particular word among the many flung at us this week. But first, it's time for me to read the trades for you. From advertising age, quoting PR week, a trade quoting a trade. It's a trade squared, ladies and gentlemen. I'll read it for you. And I won't be squared. I will not be squared. In the wake of United Airlines' PR nightmare of a week, about which more in a moment, the trade publication PR Week has drawn unwelcome attention for recently bestowing an honor on United's CEO Oscar Munoz. To wit, three weeks ago, PR Week had praised Munoz thusly, quote, Only two months and change after having undergone a heart transplant. Oscar Munoz returned full-time in March 2016 to his role as CEO of United Airlines. Since then, he has continued the unlikely turnaround of United, a feat made more extraordinary given his health crisis just six weeks after he took on the airline's top job. An excellent leader, still quoting, who understands the value of PR, Munoz's ability to connect and share with employees his vision for the airline and get them to rally behind it are key reasons PR Week's editors have named him 2017 Communicator of the Year. In the wake of this week's occurrences... The editor of PR Week said, It's safe to say if it was choosing its communicator of the year now, we would not be awarding it to Oscar Munoz. Or Oscar Meyer, for that matter. Also from my head age this week. Kind of related subject. On the subject of chatbots, these are automated programs that speak to you either well, usually in print but now Ad Age says most artificial intelligence powered chat bots communicate via text like the Taco Bot created for Taco Bell that allows consumers to place orders via Slack that's an app <laughs> welcome to the 21st century but the chief digital officer of their advertising agency, Winston Binch. Come on, Winston Binch? Novelists wouldn't think of that. Envisions that bots will soon, soon seamlessly toggle between voice and text commands. The need to communicate via voice is, quote, going to catch a lot of brands by surprise, said Binch, whose agency has formed a new artificial intelligence and bots division called Great Machine. This is all theory, but we do know that with the investments being made by the tech giants in voice and AI, that this world is going to be there pretty quickly. Unquote. His conclusion, give your chatbot a voice. Nothing else need be said, at least... Vocally, when I read the trades for you. Copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And speaking of bots and bots with voices, let's welcome back. And by let's, I mean me welcoming back to the show, Ralph the talking computer. Ralph, nice to uh, virtually see you.
3: Thanks, Harry glad to be back, although mm -hmm. not to be too pedantic about it. I'm not a bot, Mm -hmm. and I've had a voice since bots. Had two syllables.
1: As in robots.
3: (laughs) Okay.
1: Never too pedantic for me, Ralph. So, um, I I invited you here today to read the three successive statements issued serially this week by the aforementioned Oscar Munoz. The uh, com- quantum communicator of the week, uh, because I think your delivery most clearly represents the emotional state of the uh, of the writer of these particular statements.
3: Really, no emotional state at all.
1: Well, gotcha. Mm-hmm.
3: That I could do.
1: Okay, we're off the talking computer. Reading the three statements this week issued in succession by the president of United Airlines, Oscar Munoz. Ralph?
3: i clear my throat, but I don't have one. Just go ahead. So, just a hem. Mm -hmm. First statement, released by the airline midday Monday. This is an upsetting event to all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. Our team is moving with a sense of urgency to work with the authorities and conduct our own detailed review of what happened. We are also reaching out to this passenger to talk directly to him and further address and resolve this situation. Oscar Rubio, you know, CEO United Airlines. Mm.
1: And what what did they do to the passengers? Again, what was the word?
3: Reaccommodate. accommodate. Yeah. What are you losing your hearing
1: now? I'm not losing. I just it was a new word to me. I wanted to uh, make sure people heard it. And now for the second statement.
3: Second statement, Mm -hmm. sent to employees Monday evening. Dear team, Mm. like you, I was upset to see and hear about what happened last night aboard United Express Flight 3411 headed from Chicago to Louisville. still upset. This situation was unfortunately Mm. compounded when one of the passengers we politely asked to deplane refused and it became necessary to contact Chicago Aviation Security Officers to help. Our employees followed established procedures Mm. for dealing with situations like this. Mm. While I deeply regret this situation, arose, mm. I also emphatically stand behind all of you, and I want to commend you for continuing to go above and beyond to ensure we fly right. Mm. I do, however, mm. believe there are lessons we can learn from this experience, ah. and we are taking a close look at the circumstances surrounding this incident. Mm. Treating our customers and each other with respect and dignity is at the core of who we are, and we must always remember this no matter how challenging the situation. Oscar. Mm.
1: Sounds like he was um, threading, threading the needle there very, very carefully. Uh, but no interpretation necessary, uh, 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 Ralph. Move straight along to the third statement, if you would, please.
3: Third statement Mm -hmm. sent to employees Tuesday afternoon. Dear team, the truly horrific event that occurred on this slide has elicited many responses from all of us. Outrage, anger, disappointment. I share all of those sentiments, and one above all, my deepest apologies for what happened. Like you, I continue to be disturbed by what happened on this flight, and I deeply apologize to the customer forcibly removed and to all the customers aboard. No one should ever be mistreated this way. I want you to know that we take full responsibility and we will work to make it right. It's never too late to do the right thing. Mm. I have committed to our customers and our employees that we are going to fix what's broken so this never happens again. This will include a thorough review of crew movement, our policies for incentivizing volunteers in these situations, how we handle oversold situations and an examination of how we partner with airport authorities and local law enforcement. We'll communicate the results of our review by April 30th. I promise you we will do better. Sincerely, Oscar.
1: Now he's sincere. Apparently. I can't wait until April 30th. So he no, no longer reaccommodated. It was a removal.
3: I guess if you want a nitpick.
1: I, you know, I, I always want a nitpick. Ralph the Talking Computer, thanks for sharing with us the uh, statements by Oscar Munoz. Munoz. Nye or not. Or not. Uh, CEO of United Airlines.
3: My pleasure.
1: I, uh, of course... Since the theme of this program is Words Matter, remain obsessed with his first description of the action you saw on video this week that the passenger in question, Dr. Dow, was reaccommodated.
4: You grabbed me by the arms and legs I was not anticipating My head hit on the armrest That was discombobulating I never went through this before A new state you were creating I really can't forget you Cause you're so were you right or were you wrong let others keep debating i'll take my seat again and let you choose just when to start me
1: This is Le Show, and now, on the same subject, the Apologies of the Week.
4: So sorry.
1: Well, not the same subject, but this has been the Week of Apologies rather than the Apologies of the Week, starting off, of course, with White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, who earlier in the week at a White House press briefing had said that not even Hitler had used poison gas the way Bashar al-Assad did.
5: I was uh, obviously trying to make a point about the heinous acts that Assad had made against his own people last week using chemical weapons and gas. Uh, And frankly, I mistakenly uh, used an inappropriate and insensitive reference to the Holocaust, for which, frankly, there is no uh, no, no, no comparison. And for that, I, I apologize. It was a mistake to do that. So tell us who you're apologizing to right now. There are Holocaust survivors out there uh, who were listening to what you said and couldn't believe
1: a spokesman, the press secretary for the president of the United States, would make such a statement. So just specifically tell us who you want to apologize to.
5: Well, clearly, uh, you know, anybody who not just uh, suffered in the Holocaust or is a descendant of anybody, but uh, frankly, uh, you know, anyone who was offended by those comments. It's not, as I said, it's I'm not You know, in any way standing by them, I was trying to draw a comparison for which there shouldn't have been one. It was insensitive and inappropriate. Uh, So I'm not looking to quantify this in any way. Uh, It was uh, an attempt to talk about I should have stayed focused on the Assad regime and the dangers that they have brought to their own people and the terrible atrocities they did and to drag any other comparison into this was not appropriate.
1: Oh, and it went on like that, as it will when you step into the Hitler hole. Exhibits two, the North Carolina legislator who compared Abraham Lincoln to Adolf Hitler has issued an apology, but he blamed the media for distorting his comments, and he said both men were, quote, obviously bad guys. After posting his initial statement on his Facebook page, Cabarrus County, North Carolina Republican Representative Larry Pittman used Twitter to post a series of four statements. He said, what Hitler did was worse, and I apologize if people thought I was putting them in the same league. His fourth tweet said, it was tyrannical impulse which led Lincoln and Hitler to do what they did, and he would fight tyranny in all forms. The initial comment, this all started, was a criticism over legislation he co-sponsored to restore a ban on same-sex marriage. But now back to annals of customer service. Lowe's has fired... The customer service representative who sent a Grand Rapids, Michigan woman a vulgar and threatening email. An executive with the company called Sarah Caceres and profusely apologized and told her the representative had been fired. Lowe's will include a $150 gift card for Caceres' trouble. She went to Lowe's Home Improvement website and asked an online representative about sink parts. The chat lasted about 10 minutes, and the representative couldn't find what she was looking for. She marked the experience as unsatisfactory. A few minutes later, she received an email from a now-disabled Gmail account that read, Listen, Mother F, I'm not a machine. F you, I know where you live, and you need to learn how to be patient, stupid. In a statement, Lowe's claimed the representative was employed by a third party and has been terminated. The statement said the company found the behavior unacceptable and reprehensible. Sink parts. United isn't the only institution having a bad week on social media. Goldie Beacon College faced a barrage of criticism uh, over photographs of a promotion it mailed to high school students, highlighting the Delaware College's commitment to career prep and scholarships for its pep band. It did so by trashing music majors. Quote, heading off to college to major in music? Well, good luck with that, said the promotion, which was quickly posted to Twitter and Facebook. Want a college degree that leads to a real job instead? Bring your instrument to Goldie Beacom College, earn a practical degree that leads to meaningful employment, and join our newly formed pep band to satisfy your continued passion for music, unquote. Music lovers, many of them music major graduates gainfully employed, flooded the college's Facebook page with comments and with ratings of one of five possible stars, dropping the college's rating down to 1.3 before the college closed the rating system. That'll th- that'll teach him The college then apologized on Facebook posting a statement that said Goldie Beacom College wishes to express regret for the offense caused by promotional mailing, advertising our newly formed pep band. The message lacked good taste and respect for the fine arts in general, and music in particular. This communication was not fully vetted and approved prior to mailing and certainly does not reflect our core values as an institution. We deeply appreciate music and all the arts, striving in every way to produce well-rounded graduates. We sincerely regret the offense that this caused. Okay. You can reinstate the rating system. Dateline London a complaint from Liverpool's mayor has sparked police to investigate whether a column in the Sun newspaper owned by Rupert Murdoch's Nice Corporation constituted a hate crime. The mayor called for Kelvin McKenzie to be fired after column in which the columnist compared a soccer player who has African ancestry to you can guess, right? A gorilla. The mayor said Mackenzie should not be employed by any news organization in this country and accused him of having a vindictive streak toward Liverpool. The Sun has apologized for the incident and suspended the columnist, a provocative former editor of the tabloid who has antagonized Liverpool fans in the past. The newspaper statement said the views expressed by Calvin McKenzie about the people of Liverpool were wrong, unfunny, and not the view of the paper. It said the newspaper was unaware of the player's African heritage It's a newspaper. They cover soccer. And that no slur had been intended. The Sun promised a full investigation when McKenzie returns from vacation. Oh, you can't investigate anything until the guy comes back, because... Dateline, also in Delaware, Salisbury, Delaware, City Councilwoman April Jackson. She called President Trump retarded and compared him to clients of the Holly Center, a facility for people with developmental disabilities. But she apologized for the statement at a city council meeting this week. I'm standing here this evening to publicly apologize for offending the intellectually disabled, a tearful Jackson told the crowd. She had said in her original post, 'Y'all's president is retarded. That was on Facebook. She said the post, which has since been deleted, was a reaction to Trump's decision to launch missiles at a Syrian air base. I regret it being said, and I regret it being taken the wrong way, she said. And I regret Facebook. Deadline Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Lieutenant Governor Mike Stack of Pennsylvania is sorry, and he will try harder. He's not perfect. He gets angry and stressed and sometimes snaps in anger and frustration at the troopers who drive him and his wife or the state workers who maintain the home they occupy. He delivered that message in an unusual news conference at his Capitol office after a flurry of reports that he was the subject of an inquiry by the Office of the Pennsylvania Inspector General. In response to questions from reporters, the Northeast Philadelphia Democrat would not describe any of the things he and or his wife, Tonya, allegedly said or did that prompted the review by the IG, acknowledging he didn't know the details. Instead, he portrayed the imbroglio, nice, as a character misstep that he'll work to avoid in the future. Everyone who knows me knows I will occasionally have a Stack moment, he said. Talking about the state police detail that ferries him around Pennsylvania, there are times they see the best of Mike Stack and times they see the worst of Mike Stack. I apologize for all those things I've ever said and I will do better. Unquote. I guess that was an unstacked moment. Lars Mayshack, the Fresno State, California, history professor, became the subject of nationwide controversy following his tweet, which read, quote, Trump must hang, unquote. He apologized for his actions in a written statement given to the Fresno Bee. In addition, he said he has deleted his Twitter, Twitter account and is prepared to take full responsibility for my statements. He posted the comment on Twitter, or tweeted the comment and post, uh, last February, didn't garner attention until Breitbart News wrote a story about it last week. Mayshack also posted other inflammatory tweets that were pointed out by commentators on the Fresno Bee. It's a newspaper in Fresno. It's on the B list. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Uh, here's Meshack's uh, statement. I apologize for the tone and content of my statements made on Twitter. I ask forgiveness of those who felt threatened or offended by them. It was never my intent to harm anyone nor to encourage others to harm anyone. Hanging isn't harm. My statements each represent the endpoint of a dark train of thought triggered by my, mis- my despair over the actions of the present U.S. government. That is what I meant by calling them dark predictions. It felt cathartic to write them down with 28 followers on Twitter. At the time, I never expected them to be read by anyone but a close circle of acquaintances who would know to place them in their context. To tweet Twitter, Twitter as no more consequence than a journal was a poor decision. I've deleted my Twitter account. To preclude the possibility that anybody reading my statements in the future would take them as encouragement to act violently or unlawfully unquote. so Trump mustn't hang what are you saying Dateline Charleston, South Carolina as Dylan Roof made his final appearance in open court, his grandfather offered the earnest apology to the families of Roof's nine African American victims that the church killer had steadfastly declined to make on his own yeah, Popo will do it I just want to say loudly and repeatedly and constantly, we're sorry, said Joseph Roof, a Columbia, South Carolina real estate lawyer. We're just as sorry as we can be that this has happened. We regret it. It has ruined lives. And I cu- cannot put those back together. Roof, uh, the uh, killer, received life terms for each of the murder charges which will be appended consecutively to the 18 death sentences imposed by a judge and jury in his federal trial. This was his state trial. He turned down an offer to address the court, leaving his grandfather as his only advocate. Everyone should understand that nothing is all bad and Dylan is not all bad, said Pawpaw. I guess he cleans his room. The British supermarket chain Tesco has apologized after one of the supermarket's beer advertisements was published. It said, Good Friday just got better. It was uh, promoting the supermarket's offers on beer and cider in the run-up to Easter. A vicar and broadcaster said the advertisement was extraordinarily and unnecessarily ignorant, according to the BBC. I guess Good Friday isn't isn't uh, celebrated with beer. A Tesco spokesperson told the independent newspaper it's never the group's intention to offend, and it is sorry if any has been caused by this advert. We will not publish it again. That's an apology. Af- the uh, Executive Associate in Public Education for the Faculty of Divinity at Cambridge called the advertisement crass and said that Tesco got it badly wrong. It's just religious illiteracy, ignorance, if you like, around what religious people hold dear, and that is my main concern. Earlier this month, the Church of England became embroiled in a row with Cadbury after uh, their planned Easter egg hunts with the National Trust was advertised by Dropping the word Easter, calling them Cadbury eggs hunts instead. Uh Uh-oh. The war on Easter. The war on Groundhog Day, I think we won. Student leaders of Penn State's University's fraternity system has apologized to the family of Tim Piazza, Tim Piazza, the sophomore who died after pledge night in February. In an open letter, the fraternity experience failed your son, wrote the Interfraternity Council Executive Board in the letter. The letter also acknowledged problems with hazing and alcohol abuse. What year is this? And said the council was committed to making improvements in the fraternity system. They'll cancel all social events for the next two weekends. That ought to do it. And use that time for philanthropy and to reflect on the values of the Greek community and to consider any necessary changes that need to be made. Back up in three weeks? You bet. The open letter from the nine-member executive board. Followed a blog post by the president of Penn State, he hasn't had any problems lately, warning that the Greek system at Penn State could come to an end if behavior doesn't improve. He wrote the post, did uh, President Barron, or Barron President, after nine of the university's fraternities and sororities were found to have violated new rules put in place following Piazza's death. And one fraternity, Sigma Alpha Mu, violated almost every rule. I guess they're completists. It's it's 2017, ladies and gentlemen, just to remind you. And over at Survivor, the long-running TV reality series, Jeff Varner is accepting responsibility for outing fellow contestant Zeke Smith as transgender. He's issued a lengthy apology. Castaway Smith, who returned for his second appearance in two seasons, was outed by fellow contestant and friend Varner as transgender. The reaction went viral as... Varner was criticized for outing Smith. In his apology, Varner called it the worst decision of his life, really worse than getting on Survivor, and called outing someone an assault. He offered his apologies to Smith and his friends and family. How about another airline apology? Severe storms that tore through the southeast, including North Georgia, caused many travel headaches for people with tickets on Delta. The Atlanta-based carrier canceled more than 3,500 flights and delayed thousands of others over the past few days this past week, Delta issued an apology on its website saying the disruptions were bolstered by the limited availability of its flight crew. What, you didn't have any doctors you could bump? Whose shifts are mandated for safety? It's been 50 years since the Sexual Offenses Act decriminalized private homosexual acts between men over 21 in England and Wales. In 2016, the government announced that gay and bisexual men convicted under that now abolished law, would receive posthumous pardons. George Montague was convicted in 1974 of gross indecency. Indec- the 93-year-old who has fought for an apology finally received one this week from the home office. No place like the home office. And Alabama Governor Robert Bentley has resigned after pleading guilty to two misdemeanor charges of violating state campaign finance laws in Alabama? Bentley's voice began choking with emotion as he addressed reporters of the Alabama state capitol. He said he always tried to live up to the high expectations placed on the person who is, holds the esteemed office of governor of Alabama. He apologized for his mistakes. The Ethics Commission of the state, they have an ethics commission? Last week found probable cause that he violated state laws with his handling an alleged affair. And one more newspaper apology. The Daily Mail and Mail online in Britain will pay, pay damages to settle a libel claim brought by U.S. First Lady Melania Trump over false claims about her work as a professional model or something else. The statement said the article published in a double page spread last summer included false and defamatory claims about Mrs. Trump, which questioned the nature of her work as a professional model and republished allegations that she provided services beyond simply modeling. Simply. Hmm. I thought it was complex. The Daily Mail and Mail Online retracted All allegations, we accept that these allegations about Mrs. Trump are not true, and we retract and withdraw them. We apologize to Mrs. Trump for any distress that our publication caused her to settle her two lawsuits against us. We have agreed to pay her damages and costs. You go, girl. The Apologies of the Week in The Week of Apologies, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. This is Le Show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news from outside the bubble. How's that Libya thing working out? West African migrants are being bought and sold openly in modern day slave markets in Libya. That's what survivors have told a U.N. agency that's trying to help them return home, according to The Guardian newspaper in London trafficked people passing through Libya have previously reported violence, extortion and slave labor. The new testimony from the International Organization for Migration suggests the trade in human beings has become so normalized that people are being traded in public. The North African nation is a major exit point for refugees from Africa trying to take boats to Europe. Since the overthrow of Gaddafi, the vast, sparsely populated country has slid into violent chaos. Who knew that would happen? Migrants with little cash And usually no papers are particularly vulnerable. After the sale of a Senegalese migrant, he was taken to a makeshift prison of a kind that's been well documented in Libya. Those held inside are forced to work without pay. Their captors regularly call family at home demanding a ransom. His captors asked for about $380 and sold him on to a larger jail where the demand doubled without explanation. Well, time had passed. Men who lingered there too long without the ransom being paid were taken away and killed, according to the Senegalese migrant. Some wasted away on meager rations in unsanitary conditions, dying of hunger and disease. If the number of migrants goes down because of death or someone is ransomed, the kidnappers just go to the market and buy another one, he said. Even growing international awareness of the problems migrants face is being exploited. The international organization has had credible reports of criminals posing as aid groups that help migrants... In order to lure in people who have escaped or bought their freedom and want to return home just to find that they are re-enslaved. So the Libby thing's going well. News from outside the bubble, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now
0: our house is a very, very, very smart
2: house.
1: Yes, the smart house in the news. Okay, Google, I'm going to read you this story now. Okay, Google, turn the show on louder. Burger King launched this week a full-fledged marketing blitz based on triggering voice-activated Google devices in what could become a grim precedent for TV and radio ads talking directly to voice-activated gadgets like smartphones and Amazon's. Echo speakers. The fast food company's new TV ad featured a person looking directly into the camera and saying, "Okay, Google, what is the Whopper burger, which triggered Google devices like the Google Home Assistant and Android phones that have enabled voice search. The ad prompted a Google Home voice-activated speaker to start reading a description of the Whopper from Wikipedia. We saw it as technology to essentially punch through that fourth wall, said um, The ad agency, David, David's spokesperson. I guess David has only one name. Last month, you may remember, Google Home owners complained that the My Day function, which is supposed to read out things like weather, traffic conditions, and calendar appointments, ended up recommending the Beauty and the Beast film. It was a help to our partners. Google was uh, reportedly blocking Google Home units from being activated by the video. The spot reportedly did work on some devices. In response, users edited the Wikipedia page and included unflattering comments about the the Whopper, causing Google Home devices to proclaim the burger was made with, quote, 100% rat and toenail clippings. The page has since been fixed to reflect the correct composition of the Whopper. The fast food chain no doubt was well aware that by hijacking the Google Home devices, it would upset the public but also raise awareness about the burger that Wikipedia once said was made from a medium-sized child. Social conversation about Burger King was up 300%. Burger King did come up with a new version of the commercial which dodged Gould's blocking maneuver and played it on the Fallon and uh, Colbert shows, I believe, on Wednesday night. So the war, the war for the smart home continues. It's got to be good if people are fighting over it, right? More fighting over a smart home home thing. An unhappy customer vented online about an Internet-connected garage door opener he'd bought on Amazon, according to The Atlantic. It was kind of short, unremarkable comment left, as many do, by disgruntled shoppers who can't get the stuff they buy to work. The device connects to existing garage door hardware. It lets users remotely open and close their garage door from a smartphone and alerts them whenever the garage is accessed. Well, that's important. The app will not stay open, said the uh, customer, Robert Martin, on the official discussion board. What kind of piece of crap I just purchased here. For good measure, he hopped over to the uh, company's Amazon page, too, and left a one-star review there. Junk, do not waste your money. The thing escalated because Martin heard back directly from the gadget's creator, Dennis Griesack. quote, The abusive language here and in your negative Amazon review, submitted minutes after experiencing a technical difficulty, only demonstrates your poor impulse control. I'm happy to provide the technical support to the customers on my Saturday night, but I'm not going to tolerate any tantrums. At this time, your unit will be denied server connection. End quote. Meaning, it's basically been bricked. A $99 purchase rendered useless. This um, lays bare the fundamentally odd nature of owning smart technology, observes The Atlantic. A little late to the party, but you know, whatever. When a device gets connected to the Internet, it's no longer yours. You may have noticed that with your computer. Yeah, well, say goodbye to your toaster, your light bulbs, your garage door opener, your doorbell. The future of network devices, according to the Atlantic article, will always depend on the intentions of their manufacturers. Will those connected lights regularly get software updates or will they stop functioning when you get a new smartphone? Will the smart home hub you bought last week get bought up by a competitor that will shut it down? Nothing smarter than a dumb home. Now, ladies and gentlemen, news of the warm, won't you? Award-winning feature of this same
0: things.
1: Let's go polar and let's go tropical. First, from the poles. We love the poles. Climate change could cause another 4 million square kilometers, about 1.5 million square miles, of permafrost to disappear with every additional degree of celsius or 1.8 degrees fahrenheit of warming that's according to a new study published in the journal nature climate change the estimate's about 20 percent higher than previous studies so that's good if you don't like permafrost the loss of more permafrost of course would release more methane highly potent greenhouse gas More than scientists have previously predicted, that could worsen the dangerous climate feedback loop in the Arctic, whereby increased emissions cause greater warming, and greater warming causes faster thawing of permafrost, which then releases more emissions. So it's not really permafrost anymore. It's kind of temp frost. Other consequences of thawing permafrost, including a softening and sinking of the ground, I know that feeling, which could damage roads and buildings, could also affect greater areas of land. As a result, the researchers note, sticking to the most stringent possible international climate goals... Could make more of a difference than ever. I only if you like permafrost. Meanwhile, in the tropics, clear cutting of mangrove forests to create shrimp ponds and cattle pastures contributes significantly to the greenhouse gas effect. That's according to new research led by Oregon State University and the Center for International Forestry Research. The study spanned five countries across the, topic, the tropics from Indonesia to the Dominican Republic. The researchers concluded that mangrove conversion. Mangroves, do you believe? To agricultural uses resulted in a land-use carbon footprint of 1,440 pounds of carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere for the production of every, every pound of beef and 1,600 pounds of released carbon dioxide for every pound of shrimp. Man, that's some dioxiding shrimp. On a personal scale, this means a typical steak and shrimp cocktail dinner produced through mangrove conversion mangroves, I want you to believe, would burden the atmosphere with 1,790 pounds of carbon dioxide. Findings published in the journal Frontiers in Ecology and the Environment derived through the development of a new measurement. Mangroves represent 0.6% of all the world's tropical forests, but their deforestation accounts for as much as 12% of greenhouse gas emissions that come from all tropical deforestation. What we found, said senior researcher, is astounding. It's a remarkable amount of carbon that is emitted into the atmosphere when you convert these mangrove forests to shrimp ponds or pastures, and the food productivities of of these sites is not really very high. There are about 80 different species of mangroves. All of them grow in waterlogged soils where uh, they sequester significant quantities of carbon that is stored for centuries. Deforestation of mangroves has been dramatic over the past three decades, about 1% a year. Greatest single cause, conversion to shrimp. News of the warm, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. You know, the bad banks keep getting badder. The most senior bank examiner for Wells Fargo has been removed by a U.S. regulator in the wake of the bank's unauthorized account scandal. Unauthorized, that means fake, bogus. Would bankers be bogus babies yet, or just bonus babies? The office of the comptroller of the currency, the lead regulator for national banks, stripped the examiner, Bradley Linskins, Bradley Linskins, of his supervisory powers in the last uh, two or three weeks. Said sources of Reuters, he didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Did Lincoln's, Linskins? He was responsible for day-to-day supervision of Wells Fargo and managed a staff of more than sixty people. His uh, earliest oversight of Wells Fargo began in 2006. The bogus account scandal, in which accounts were opened for people without their permission to hype sales figures at the bank, began a year earlier. Last year, Linskins was honored with the title Senior National Bank Examiner and received accolades in a news release from the controller of the currency. Well, that's like Communicator of the Year. It's um, It's not permafrost. Anymore. In September, Curry, the comptroller, ordered an internal review of how his office handled the Wells Fargo matter and whether the agency had, quote, gaps in our supervision, unquote. I guess Mr. Linskin's is the walking gap. Supervising a bad bank ain't easy. And now, news of the godly. A controversial document stipulating that priests are solely responsible in child abuse cases, and not the church, has been circulated by the Colombia Catholic Church, according to media in Colombia. So far, only the Archdiocese of the southwestern city of Cali, where the cartel used to live, has made its priests sign the document, absolving their employer of all responsibility. This has once again opened the debate on liability in church pedophilia cases. Quote, the responsibility for complying with the norms established in the decree of the Archdiocese for the Protection of Minors rests solely on my person and not on the Archdiocese of Cali or the ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical entity in which I render my services. I therefore assume total responsibility on quoting an excerpt of the document. It also implies that all compensation for sexually abused minors must be paid by the priests themselves out of their income as priests. It's not an order for everyone. But a suggestion, because each diocese has its own autonomy, and that is respected, said the Archbishop of the Andean city of Tunhara. Maybe he knows something about the income stream of priests and collie. Systemic issues in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia, Anglican diocese, allowed a network of child sex perpetrators to operate within the diocese for more than 30 years. According to that royal commission that's digging into this stuff down under, excuse me, in Australia, central figures during that period included child sex offender priest Peter Rushton and defrocked former dean of Newcastle Graham Lawrence, who enlisted the support of senior diocese clergy and lay members to remain dominant. People who reported allegations of child sexual abuse to senior clergy were treated as if they had fabricated the allegations and were sometimes threatened with legal action. That'll learn them. One of Australia's worst pedophile priests has pleaded guilty to abusing another 11 victims during his time in Ballarat. Former priest Gerald Francis Risdale used his exalted position in the eyes of Catholic families and communities to find his prey. Already convicted of abusing 53 children, he pleaded guilty to a number of child abuse charges over the decades. His modus operandi followed this pattern he appeared to be a friendly and hard-working priest who helped his parishioners particularly youths and the needy but it was all ruse that was allowed to continue for decades and as one judge put it plummeted to the depths of evil hypocrisy he's now admitted in five court cases he abused more than 60 children but his true number of victims is in the hundreds according to victims. Advocacy groups. News of the godly, ladies and gentlemen. And finally, one more item from the trades. From Advertising Age, the News Literacy Project and J. Walter Thompson, New York, are looking to fight the ongoing problem of fake news with a campaign that includes a newly created sideways typeface. We're hoping the campaign gets people to really take the time to read and think about what they're reading before they share it and keep it going, said the head of art and design at J. Walter Thompson, ad agency in New York. We're inundated with headlines every day, and we've become a society of headline readers, so the goal is to give everyone time to pause and figure out what it says and use that learning for when reading any headline from any news source. That's right. An advertising agency is trying to help you recognize when somebody else is not telling the truth. (laughs) Anybody ever tell you about the bees and the bees? Of the many pesticides that American farmers have embraced in their war on bugs, neonicotinoids are among the most popular. One of them is among the most best-selling around the world, billion a year. Neonics are a bee killer, is the reputation. Other agricultural researchers contest that. But now a team of chemists and engineers at the University of Iowa report they found neonicotinoids in treated drinking water. It's the first time anyone has identified this class of pesticide in tap water, according to Environmental Science and Technology Letters. Yeah, that bottled water, that's a fake. Well, it is if it's not spring water. Neonicotinoids are also a key weapon in the grower's arsenal against potato psyllids. That's a pest. But it's becoming less effective, a team of researchers from Texas A&M have found. So it pollutes the water, but it's less effective in killing bugs. some, won't you? Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's edition of the show. The program returns next week at the same time over these same stations, over NPR worldwide throughout Europe on the use 440 cable system in Japan around the world through the facilities of the American Forces Network up and down the east coast of North America at WBCQ The Planet. 7.490 megahertz shortwave on the mighty 104 in Berlin on the equally mighty Soho Radio in London available for your smartphone through stitcher.com, around the world via the internet at two different locations, live or archived whenever you want it at harryshearer.com and kcsn.org and available as a free podcast our Easter and Passover gift to you at Citro Network SoundCloud. TuneIn.com, iTunes, and wno.org And it would be just like if you could... Reaccommodate yourself if you'd agree to join us then. We do already, thank you very much, Uh uh-huh. A tip of the Show Chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Exile and Hawaii desks. Thanks as always to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson at WWNO New Orleans for help in making today's broadcast not impossible. This program, a playlist of the music heard here on and your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts stock up for that big 4th of July all at harryshearer.com and me, I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions. It originates through the facilities of WWNO, New Orleans' flagship station of the Change Is Easy Radio Network. So long, from the home of the homeless.